Hello, beloved, and welcome back to another episode of A Tiny Revolution. My name is Kevin Miguel Garcia. I'm your host on this little podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary live, lives. <laughs> living revolutionary live. Oh my God, stop me. Um, hi, I'm so glad to be back with you. Like many of you, I have been dealing with anxiety and depression because uh, the country is wild right now, but let's give a shout of praise. We fucking did it, mate. Oh, guys, the first black Asian woman in the White House, Kamala Harris, holler. You know, we're happy about Joe Biden, too. You know, he's a seasoned politician. And at very at the very minimum, we're going to get a little bit more normal back. And that to me feels delicious. Don't you? Wouldn't you say you say anyways, I am so glad to be back with you this week and also with a really timely conversation that I had last Friday with my new Internet friend. Marcy Alvis Walker. Um, Marcy is the host of, uh, oh, not the host, but the writer, the creator of Black Coffee with White Friends, an Instagram that has over 112 followers. You can follow at coffee, at Black Coffee with White Friends, completely spelled out. And Marcy is the, com- she is one of those people who one might call a bridge builder. Um, part of her bio says she's often been the, you know, she grew up as a as the only black person in, in white spaces and kind of as an in-between. She has a really brilliant conversation with Jen Hatmaker on For the Love podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear about Marcy's background. This podcast, we really, we don't even do introductions. We jump right into the election, what it's, uh, what the perspective of black women, how she's feeling. And also like we discuss the idea and the truth that why was this election so close? Why was it that there were razor thin margins rather than just like this, you know, anticipatory blue wave that Democrats were touting about? Um, So we get into some of those things and I think you're really going to enjoy this. So thank you so much to Marcy for being on the pod. And thank you to everybody who has been really showing up for me. Um, If you didn't catch it last month, I was in a really bad car wreck. Um, I, I told my car I was fine, walked away without a scratch, well, a slight burn on my hand, but... Beyond that, um, I'm thankful to be alive. And you all really came through with helping me out with my um, medical bills. So thank you so much for that. Um, if you have extra coin, it would be helpful um, because I I still have to get another car. I'm getting $6,000 back for the, the total. So at minimum, I'm going to get a little lemon, but I'd like to maybe do something else. So my birthday's coming up. So if you feel like throwing me a bone for my birthday, um, check out the GoFundMe in my bio which is over everywhere else. It's in my link tree on my Instagram. You know where to find me. Anyways, um, I think that is everything. I don't have any big plans coming up. Um, No big announcements. Um, Besides, uh, uh, I haven't actually shared this with y'all here, Bad Theology Kills is going to be translated into Spanish. And I am strategically trying to get in touch with uh, queer people of faith, um, especially queer Christians in the... uh, in the in the in latin america so if you or somebody you know down there has a connect um let's get on it let's do it let's partner i think that'd be really fun uh i think that's everything again i love you i'm glad you're here uh and why don't you go ahead take a load off take a deep breath Ooh, doesn't that feel nice that's good anyways grab yourself maybe some black coffee um for a conversation with my new internet human friend marcy alvis walker During this week of all weeks. But you know what? Ditto. Because I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to want to do much of anything. It's just Mm -hmm. been so surreal, all of it. Just really Mm -hmm. surreal. And like, friends keep asking, like, how are you doing? It's like, it's not like I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I just never had the tangible charts and numbers to really read the spirit of this country, right? I, I felt <sighs> the spirit of this country and I and mm-hmm. I knew it in my bones and in my soul and in my being and in my expression in life. But I 
I didn't know it in like a statistical way because, you know, no, that's, yeah. I, I don't generally live in that land. So like to, to um, actually see it in blues and reds and signs and faces was a bit of a shock. Which, which sounds ridiculous for what I do, mm-hmm. and <laughs> which is yeah. history every day. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, maybe being a, a hopeful person, I was hoping I was wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Relatable. <laughs> no, but like that, it, you summed up the words of so many people I've talked to this week, especially Black friends who have said just like, I mean, I knew it was racist, but like, holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that makes me fear that is that we're focusing mm -hmm. so much on the racism that I'm like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. This is this is bad, y'all, because what this means is that Mm -hmm. um, there's only room for cisgender whiteness that supports male prosperity, white male prosperity. What that means is that disabled people, um, the gay and queer community, children uh, really don't factor into Mm -hmm. um, the importance that this country has placed on who is counted and worth counting, Mm -hmm. which is just terrifying (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. really terrifying phenomenal in the worst way Mm -hmm. truly Mm -hmm. that was i love that like i am i mean uh georgia is starting to trend blue and we're like very like shout out to stacy abrams first of all (laughs) yes (laughs) uh you were robbed and oh my god anyways uh so it's like it's very exciting to see that georgia because of the work that Fair Fight has done mm-hmm. in Atlanta and the surrounding communities in places like at, um, Athens. Mm-hmm. But it was because Stacey Abrams, like from the moment she uh, conceded her election for governor, said, We're, this is never going to happen again. And it's because yeah. of her that mm-hmm. Georgia might go in the direction it does. But what's scary, though, is exactly what you said. The uh, what did all the the pundits are saying? It's razor thin margins, and it's like, why? <sighs> why is it razor thin? Why? Why? And the thing is, I'm willing to bet that um, a lot of white people may have never had a black friend or maybe never had a friend of color. But I'm thinking if you've lived into 2020, you've certainly been touched by something that's opposite of patriarchy or someone who's been affected in a grievous, harmful way from Mm -hmm. patriarchy and that people still supported or and I'm using patriarchy because, you know, supremacy mm-hmm. is such a triggering word for people. I'm just like, fine, right. I won't call it that. But you can't say mm-hmm. that this this land is not overrun with um, white men of power and privilege. Overrun with white men of power. Yeah. This country is overrun, y'all. That is the mood. <laughs> yeah, and it is. And and it's it's very strange to me that... You know, when I think of the numbers of women who have suffered abuses, um, children who have suffered abuses at the hands of um, male father figures and leaders. Oh, um, my God. When I think about all the people who have, all the women who make 75 cent to, <laughs> to every buck a guy makes, I, I, I'm, I'm bewildered at what we've done here. And mm. I'm bewildered that our that our 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 celebration is on a thin blade. It's not, it's not, mm-hmm. and I think that that's the grief. And mm-hmm. woo, it's it's just it's, really I mean, I mean it's crazy. uh yeah I think it's also reflected in the the reality that there 
was a whole lot of hope that we would also like you know take back the the mm-hmm. the branch you know like two branches of government to stave yeah. off hey son what's up um yeah. to stave off what's going on but that didn't happen right and it's very interesting to me it's just like so what does that mean because that, that's that this because like fuck like the same thing happened with barack obama is like yeah. you know we we voted in this person Mm-hmm. with for all this vision and then he got stymied because mm-hmm. he couldn't get anything passed right um with like right. the exception of the ACA which like you know who knows if we're gonna have that by the yeah 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 exactly but, it's, uh, but that's the thing I'm just like what does it mean that we live in a country who can by popular vote elect by popular vote and electoral college elect Joe Biden but not elect like I just it doesn't I'm like where's the where's the disconnect what happened where is the disconnect I I I do not know it is perplexing to me it really is I'm really surprised that people like Lindsey Graham and and Mitch um, McConnell and people who have really shown um dangerous sides of themselves have are sustaining (laughs) I am totally blown away by that because Mm -hmm. um I I wouldn't have predicted that I I thought if anything Harrison had it in the bag oh I did I don't even live (laughs) anywhere (laughs) near and and I I was like telling um my 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 hobbit that's what I call my husband I was telling him (laughs) we're we're supporting this this cause we have to we have to back this 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 guy up we have to back Mm -hmm. this guy up and he was like yeah on it let's do it and we just thought for sure that you know i i just i don't know (laughs) it's one of those things where it's just like everybody sees who mitch mcconnell is everybody knows like you see these guys out there and just like Mitch McConnell literally looks like Voldemort. (laughs) Like I'm not even I'm not even here to like shame somebody for looks or anything (laughs) like that. But just like when your soul is putrid, it starts Mm. coming out in your skin. Starts coming out. Yeah. That's a that's a fact. And the man like so it's like it's so interesting. Like right before Donald Trump got elected in 2016, every Republican was just like, "This man is the worst. You can't vote for him. He's terrible." Yes, He's, but put up, put up, but and now they're over here like you know, low key like sucking his dick. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my God, and it's scary because it's like I always tell people Atlanta is a great city to live in, but Georgia is not a great state to live in right now well i know that feeling i felt that way well i felt that way in texas and i was in austin Mm -hmm. but austin was i remember i i went through austin for 10 years we lived in austin for 10 years Mm. i think i had one black friend maybe Uh, no i had i had three but like a handful like there there was no prosperous like being in Chicago there are prosperous black communities and integrated communities I never really saw that in Austin um even though it's it's a pretty progressive town um but only by a smidge it's certainly not Atlanta I mean I had a friend who came from Atlanta who quickly black friend quickly moved back to Atlanta so um it's not the same, but mm-hmm. I remember just thinking, I don't feel safe in this state. Why am I, why am I here? I don't, I don't, yeah. I loved Austin. Absolutely loved Austin. I loved the vibe of Austin, the feel of Austin. And I loved mm-hmm. so many of the people of Austin, but it was really hard to find any any kind of diversity. I I was used to having friends of all walks of life and I was rich used to, I mean, I had a homeless art art friend and that wasn't unusual. You know what I mean? That was, that was typical. 
of, mm-hmm. of being in your 20s and 30s in the city. You just mm-hmm. met all manner of people. And I only met, I only met mostly cisgender, Christian, he, she, never met a they, never met a, mm-hmm. uh, 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 um, a handicapped person, (laughs) never met, I just never met anyone Mm -hmm. who was not the, the, the respectable norm of Mm -hmm. Texas society. And that was very hard for me trying to bring up a daughter, especially an African-American daughter in Texas, Mm. because she's getting roasted at school for wanting to just love people, right? And yeah. this is at a Christian school. And we, and we were just, and, and a lot of it she didn't tell us until she, until we left because. I mean, yeah, in the moment. How I would freak out. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I would freak out. <laughs> yeah, it, you seem like the kind of mom who would like literally go up, like you would be my mom. Like, oh, which is yeah. like fierce, fierce protector. Yeah, I will burn this so. school to the ground for my daughter's yeah. honor. Yeah, I even wrote that in one of my letters to her that I understand you didn't tell me because you knew I would burn it all to the ground. You knew I would, I would mm-hmm. be sitting behind a prison, st- a prison <laughs> underneath hey. a prison right now. Oh no! Because I just the 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 very idea that people try to rupture her being in the name mm. of Jesus. I, I, I just can't, I, 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 I can't, I still to this day, we, we, she brings up things in conversations and she's on a healing path for sure. I mean, okay. I, I'm, I admire that, but I think about all of the kids who suffer that. Who, who silently suffer that and perhaps don't have, and, and, and my lesson in that is that I wish I would have, I, I tell parents this and anytime I get the space to, is that I wish I would have held institutions with, mm. a, with, a, with a side eye. Mm-hmm. But Ooh, yeah. groomed as a parent, to trust the institution over your own child. And I trusted the institution over my child. And in the end, um, realized that the institution was trying to diminish and erase her. And I think now looking back on it, I would have trusted her more. And maybe she would have been able to tell me some things as they were happening. But I also right. think that, yeah, I would have burned it down to the ground. But I also think she didn't want to have to explain, prove, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. herself. Yeah, she's yeah. Working on that every single dang day. She's going to school yeah. and that's what she's doing. Yeah. And it's like there's all, it's this uh, implicit idea of just like, I I have to prove myself at school that I'm just like worthy to be here. I don't want to do that at home. I don't want to have to deal with another thing. Exactly. Like... Uh, it just it, the memory that comes up for me is like uh, getting picked on at school for being oh, yeah. super femme. Definitely mm-hmm. not the same thing, obviously. Um, yeah. But just the idea of just like I can't, and also I think there's also this fear of like retribution from your peers that if I bring this up to my parent, who I know will go to bat for me, and they take it to the school, right. what can the school actually do to protect me? Because a yes. lot of times it's like, if I tell my school who already doesn't believe, if I tell my mom and they and she tells yells at the school and the school does what? Tells the bullies to stop bullying me? Tells right. the kids to stop being racist? Like, exactly. what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin's real sensitive. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I had a niece who died of a um, heroin mm. overdose. And... Mm. Um, I don't want to say what her identity was because I never had that conversation with her. So I don't want to speak in, in mm-hmm. her memory, but, but mm-hmm. she was um, struggling with her identity. That right. I didn't know. And she wasn't struggling with knowing her own identity. She was struggling with allowing herself to, to identify with herself in a yes. safe space. 
And when she was in about fifth grade, I was home visiting and my sister had come from the school and the teacher was saying how my niece had just sometimes sat in class with tears in her eyes. And I, at the moment, this was would have been in the 90s, no, the, the, the early 2000s, no, 90s, early 2000s. And we had no rhetoric answers for how to even begin a conversation. We didn't even have the word identity because that really was uh, yeah. then, right? Because your identity was in Christ, y'all. Come on. Exactly. And so we um we I I think about that all the time with the work that I do today. Um, I also have a nephew who was 35 and hung himself. Um, mm. We never really found out why. So when I think about this world and our young people, um, our kids, and he was teased as a kid too um, for being probably hyperactive, but he was, he was deemed bad because he was one of the only black boys in school. So he, you know, was that he just wasn't well-behaved and wild. But mm -hmm. in reality, I think he probably was, um, had other things going on and we just didn't have the vocabulary for it. And I look now and I think we were waiting for the institution to tell us what to do. Mm -hmm. Well, institutions don't have hearts or or spirits, they can't tell us how to love our own. And I, I think moving forward for parents and for um, even um, teachers, people who are, who are youth leaders, it's that you can't wait for this institute mm -hmm. to tell you how to love these children. You just can't wait for it because mm -hmm. the institution doesn't have a heartbeat. <laughs> it is. It is like going to um, a, a a a mountain and telling and asking the mountain how to tame the the ocean. It's 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 the two have nothing to do with one another. So it's it's it doesn't mean that the mountain isn't formidable. It just means that it it has no power to move anything in that ocean. And mm -hmm. so I think. I've spent a lot of time um, unraveling how I respond mm -hmm. to institutions. And lately it's been right. a church. Like, okay. Yeah, that's what this? I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to go, cause like I tell my, my clients all the time, I'm just like, baby, you gotta realize that like the church does not love you because it cannot. Yeah. The church yeah. itself is an institution. The people there can love you. Right, the people right. There, exactly. And also like, Mm -hmm. And also just like, if the people care more about the institution than mm -hmm. you, and often they will, unfortunately, because that's how they were trained. We were all like, I had a friend of mine one time who actually called me out. He said, I think it's really interesting, just an observation that like, you know, you still trust that people in power have your best interest at heart. And it's like, that's like, like you said, you, we need to look at everybody with a little bit of a side eye, with just like, mm -hmm. where's the accountability? Right. And, can, and can a leader be held accountable? Like if right. someone is willing to be held accountable, mm -hmm. I am more likely to engage with that person. But if someone is not willing to engage with accountability Ooh, yes. around all the things, that's the thing. It's just like all of these white pastors who are out here getting canceled, it's because like, they don't want to be held accountable for their don't, bullshit. Don't and sometimes, and it's like, when you've got too many sins that you haven't repented of yet stacked mm -hmm. up, then like you need to step back. Mm -hmm. um, and also, if you're not willing to do the work of actual repentance of changing your mind, it's like, I look like it's like Cameron Strang at Relevant Magazine. Like, you know, mm -hmm. Andre Henry laid it out. This is what you could oh, do. Yes. What you, He's like amazing. 10 easy yeah. steps to be less racist here. And like Cameron Strang is like, I'm going to go on a vacation and just really find myself. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that is not what anybody said. But yeah. that's the thing. It's like, 
any institution, like I think I look back even at my college now, my college days, and I was homecoming king. So like school spirit all the way, but it was <laughs> a very white institution with like a pocket of progressive people. And like I think our population was like eight or eight or nine percent black out of five thousand students. So mm. not huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but like I re- like I look back on this, it was like institutions like they care about one thing mm-hmm. and that is uh perpetuating themselves not as like it's not emotional it's not uh the institution doesn't care about anything it just is like it's a it's a what would the course call it um it's a product of the ego yeah it's a product of the ego and it's an idol it's something that we, yes. we can craft into our own idol and that's different than any god um so when we have an idol, um, and especially in the Christian faith, I can't speak of all faiths, but in the Christian mm-hmm. faith, we have a God that says, I don't require your sacrifices, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but an idol always requires a sacrifice. It always, always does. Ooh. It doesn't perform without it. And so if you don't sacrifice your own wisdom, your own well-being, your own knowing, um, you cannot worship at that idol. You just can't. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and, it, and, it, and you won't be protected by it. You can't even move away from it. So we have a lot of people right now worshiping at an idol of whiteness. Mm-hmm. And it's not just white people. We, we, we want to say that, but it's, it's not just white people who are worshiping at an idol of whiteness. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, it's sitting Supreme Court justices who are not white who worship mm-hmm. at that idol. There are lots of people that we've mm-hmm. seen in history and currently who will gladly worship at that idol mm-hmm. for its protection and power, but they have to be willing to sacrifice any wisdom, knowing, or experience of their own mm-hmm. to, to stay within that, the, the realm of that idol. And mm-hmm. it's really um, become this monstrosity <laughs> of, a, mm-hmm. of um, destruction. And it's almost like that. I, I'm into musicals, my family's bring it so it's very much like um what's what's the plant's name in in little shop of horrors oh (laughs) i can see it i can see it Um, perfectly yeah yeah it's 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 that you know constantly requiring someone someone's blood (laughs) you know my husband said the other day um he's he is a hobbit he's quite quiet you know, not not really wanting to. Um, you know, he's like, let, let listen, me make you, if you tea. Let me let listen. Me if you tea. know, if there's a gay hobbit out there that wants to <laughs> holler, listen, I'm looking for one. No, I might know someone, but um, but um, yeah, he he is, but he's a deep thinker, and you know, because hobbits have all all the time in the world, they keep their thoughts really Mm -hmm. on lockdown right (laughs) so we were out walking and he said you know I was thinking about the wages of sin is death I was thinking about that that scripture and he said you know it doesn't say who's death and that was always oh my god such a like mic drop and I was like what did you just say and he's like yeah it doesn't say who's death it just says that the wages of sin is death. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily your death. It could be the death of anybody. The wages of your sin could be the death of anyone. And I was like, oh my goodness. I've never seen that. I am ready to <laughs> preach the sermon. I'm ready to write the book. Wow. Yeah. Your husband, he is a brilliant theologian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hobbits tend to be. <laughs> and that is and that's the effing truth is like, I um I like it's so interesting because that's uh I think about like the thing that I, I've been thinking a lot about is like how gun violence and police violence are kind of like it's like it's sinful. Like mm-hmm. the worship of guns, the worship of the police, the worship of whiteness, it's all wrapped up in the same thing. Right. Uh is sinful and 
like you said, it requires a sacrifice and like requires a sacrifice. And uh, if God said, I don't require any sacrifices and yet you're sacri- like, like we out here and there's black, black bodies and blood, blood in the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like a blood sacrifice to me. Yeah. To keep this thing going. To keep it like, going. you know, and also just like, it just, it blows my mind that like, like Breonna Taylor, like she's not going to get justice. Mm-hmm. At least not, not right now. Right. Right. Yeah. And she's not going to get this world's justice. That's for sure. I don't know what, what, mm-hmm. what history will hold or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, but yeah, she's not going to get court justice for sure. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Uh, not to do like a hard pivot, even though I've loved jumping in and jamming with you. <laughs> I want, I do want to talk about your work a little bit. Is that okay? okay. Yeah, absolutely. Just because you've been referencing it a whole lot and yeah. For folks who may not know who you are, you run the blog, Black Coffee with White Friends, uh, which mm-hmm. you uh, you started when you were writing letters to your daughter. And then uh, I think you said in an interview, it's just like, well, I'm already writing letters, so I might as well write, write to my white friends um, <laughs> yeah. about your experiences around um, like being one of the only Black women in a room full of white folks, especially um given your upbringing, education, et cetera, et cetera, just like mm-hmm. that's where you kind of found yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for, for you, Black Coffee with White Friends, what what the hell is that? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, again, this is, this is I owe it to, to my husband. I, um, I have been going back and forth about whether I was going to write a blog or not, or whether I would make my letters available to the public, right? Um, I'm, I'm pretty introverted. I'm not pretty introverted. I'm I'm very introverted. Um, And I wasn't sure if I could allow things to be out there. And I didn't even think I just even to the 30 people that I thought would read it. I that was too much. I, I said, you know, and I basically was like, okay, I'm okay with 30 people reading this. (laughs) So um, I put it out there. And but when I was thinking of what to call it, um, I jokingly said to my husband that my life was basically the being the black coffee, you know, going and having black coffee with white friends and I'm the black coffee because mm-hmm. um, so often, and especially in Christian circles, you're constantly oh, invited yeah. to go have coffee. <laughs> and I am usually uh, the only listen, black person there. Let- I would love to have you up for coffee to talk about how we're going to end racism in our church. <laughs> well, I not even you. that. We were, we were, people were inviting me out for coffee. This is how I felt. I felt that people were invite, inviting me out for coffee because they wanted to have a black friend, but they didn't want to have a conversation about blackness or whiteness. Ooh, so they just wanted to be able to say, uh, ooh. I know, and and that's not everyone. I, I've ha- I've had countless coffees with women that I have just laughed with, loved with, prayed with, um, mm. who sincerely we connected, um, and they saw me as being a black woman. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was never it was never something that they they ignored, but I had more women who ignored it or were colorblind to it or mm-hmm. didn't want to discuss it. And I felt myself often in these prayer circles where we're praying and I hear a prayer of privilege um, to protect privilege and my eyes are flying open and I'm looking around going, did anyone else hear that? That's, that's not, why, what is that? That, that's not, um, that's oh, mammon. That's just yes. like it's just mammon. It's 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 the worship of something other than what we're supposed to be doing here. And so, mm-hmm. I um a lot of protection of their children from being Jesus in the world. Honestly, because what I was hearing is I was hearing prayers of white savior saviorhood. Like, I want my kids to grow up and be a white savior. 
meaning I'm going to pray for my kid to go on a mission trip. I'm going to pray for my kid to get good grades. I'm going to pray for my kid not to do drugs, not to do this, not to do that. And I'm thinking, I want my kid to love Jesus however that comes, meaning that if my daughter comes to love Jesus and the journey is through the pits of whatever, that's where I'm going to love her. But if I'm, if I'm directing the plan and saying, I want this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this, and and that's cool. You can, you can ask for what you want. Sure. Shine. But Mm -hmm. I'm unwilling to, to understand that even so, therefore, God is still there. Mm-hmm. You know, hope is not lost. Because what mm-hmm. was happening is that there was this sense of salvation had to look a certain way. And, right, I, right. and, and I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, it wasn't just general protection of a child. It was my kid's about to take the ACTs and he really wants to go to the school. Can we pray about that? And I'm just like, I guess we can. I mean, but I'm just like, did you tell them to study? Like, you know, but is there <laughs> is there something more that you want for them? Because I think it could be a very amazing thing that they don't get to go to that school and they learn how to love God through disappointment or through trial or through. I mean, we we love quoting um, consider uh, from the book of James. Consider it pure joy when you go through trials and tribulations. Right? Mm-hmm. It's testing. Um, the tr- it will show the true colors of your faith. But mm-hmm. we don't want our kids to be hurt. We don't want our kids to have to go through a trial. Mm-hmm. And if we if they do have to go through a trial, we wanted them to go through it and arrive on the other side without even feeling any flames. And so I I just, <sighs> I, I'm just like, I'm pretty sure that um, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego felt the flames, even though mm. they weren't burnt. I'm sure that they knew it was hot in the furnace. But what mm-hmm. we're saying is we don't want our kids to even to be so insulated that they don't even feel the flames. And so that's because they, they are know, that's because everybody worshiping Nebuchadnezzar's idol, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We want our kids to worship like we yeah. do. Ooh. So I was having those sorts of um experiences where I, and and I think really it came down the 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 when I when a friend I asked a friend to pray for my sister, a, a friend who was leading a prayer group to, to pray for my sister who at the time, my niece had just died. And she was, my sister was working a a job that would sometimes pay her and didn't pay her at at, at like a a dry cleaner, like, you know, for like, I don't know. It was like Mm -hmm. 7.50 an hour. My sister's 10 years older than me. So at the time she would have been late 50s um, because this was some years ago. And so she, she lost her her apartment. She got bed bugs and she was grieving and mourning in the basement of my step brother who just happened to be a hoarder, you know? So she was like in a place and she didn't ask me to ask for prayer for her. She was prayerful and loves Jesus. And I went and said, you know, can we pray for my, do you mind if I just ask if we can pray for my sister? She's, she's really um, in a lot of pain right now. And this woman said, yeah, of course we'll pray for her. It's really hard when our loved ones make poor choices. And I was like, but what you don't what choice do you think she's made was what I emailed back. Like what what do you think? What choice do you think she's made? Because mm-hmm. I've lived with her and I can guarantee you that she's not made any other any choice different than what you may have made given her mm-hmm. situation. And yet you are basically saying that her situation is purely 
um, her fault. because of her choices and therefore her fault and therefore her lot. Mm -hmm. and, and also a, a mark of God must not, she must be doing something wrong. Right. Something's going on in her life right. like this. Right, right. And there's no gospel, no good news to bring to her. And mm. so I just was like, well, if that's your version of the good news, then that's not good news for anyone except someone mm -hmm. who has a mortgage-free lifestyle and a vacation home. And <laughs> that's, mm. that's, a, that's a, a gospel for things and circumstances. That's not a right. gospel of, mm. could you imagine if Jesus showed, if showed up to Martha and Mary and had said, yeah, I didn't make it here. I'll see what I can do. It's really sad when our loved ones make poor choices. Yeah. But I, I I was so hurt by that. And I and I and I told her I was hurt by it, which is why I'm talking about it. Because mm -hmm. which is why I'm always like, well, if you don't hurt people, you know, they don't have to talk about it. <laughs> I I was so just confused by what kind of gospel, how are we praying together? And I'm mm -hmm. not seeing this as a, a punishment or some sort mm -hmm. of God taking his hand off of this person because, mm -hmm. you know, it's so funny. And I'm just like, I, I believe what Jesus said when the disciples asked like, why, whose fault is it that this, person's blind. I think Jesus said it's no one's fault. It's for God's glory. So my sister is probably experiencing mm -hmm. more of God's glory in that basement mm -hmm. with bed bugs and shingles. That was the other thing. And shingles grieving the death of her only daughter, her one and only daughter. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and wondering how she's going to feed herself than you are in a home built by your husband who builds homes and with a refrigerator full of food. Mm -hmm. And so I, <sighs> I just, so those were, that's what the letters were about. It was like, if the only narrative we have is a prosperity narrative that we don't call prosperity, we call blessing, then we have gotten, either we don't know what blessing means or God is a liar and a cheat. And I don't mm -hmm. believe that God is a liar and a cheat for a second. So- God is not a man yeah. that she should lie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, I, I was just fed up with it. And that, that too fueled the letters um, and then fueled mm. the, the Instagram. And my husband being a designer, I just kind of was like, I want to make a pretty space to speak truth, but also to speak um, just myself, just to be myself, you know, like mm. my thoughts, my, my love of poetry, my love of movies, my love of, you know, TV, my love of books, my love of people, hip hop, all of it, <laughs> you know, mm. because I was like, this is God too. God is not just Hillsong. God is- You better say that. Bethel, uh, you know, God is also Kirk Franklin and Kendrick Lamar. You know what I mean? Bye -bye. And I just mm. was so- I don't know. It was very, it was a very um, illuminating time for me. Right. And I, it, it was, it, and when I first wrote, published the blog, I hadn't told my sisters, I have three sisters and a brother, and we, we had a hard upbringing. And I didn't tell them that I was going to write these things down. And the response that I got back for them was say everything you need. And it was almost as if um, my, my sister was just, they, they've been like 
people need to know that our story. And it's not because they feel that their story is so famous or, or so worthy. Mm-hmm. I think what they're saying is that people need to know that we are worthy, that, that we are loved by God, that we are lovers of God and good. And that does, and just because our lives, you can't statistically um, measure by our success. Um, by the success of the, yeah, the mythical norm. Right. Um, because when you think of, then Hitler was a great lover of God. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he successfully Good Christian man. succeeded in a lot of, a lot of his goals. He, he was yeah, he really did. Off. Yeah. So it's just crazy to, to be in this Christian bubble of, um, have when, and when we're serving the have nots, supposed have nots, and I started to just question a lot of things. I started to question like, well, why don't, why do I never see missionaries from Africa come, come give us the good news? How come it's always go, us going to give them the good news? When mm-hmm. it, that doesn't make sense to me because didn't it all start somewhere in Africa and, and in the Middle East, but yet we're always sending our, our European people to go preach the good mm-hmm. news. Maybe they have more of the good news than we recognize. Um, and then I just started to question all these things, like how we have centered whiteness as mm-hmm. the correct posturing for God. You know, yeah. and and I think it was. I just happened to be here at a time that everyone was doing that. And I don't think I was special. I think everyone was starting to question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute. When people start heard the numbers, the num the the stat for the white woman who voted for Trump and the church who voted for Trump, and they started to see that divide. I think everyone started to ask these questions. It's like it was just like. Click, 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 click. And then it was like, wait a minute. And we're all over here just like, oh, so now you see it. (laughs) Now you see, okay, all right. Exactly. But then it's, oh. Yeah. My question is like, so you see it now, you acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And, but like the thing is just like, how, I mean, this is like the thing that's heartbreaking. Like I have family who I know voted for Donald Trump. Right. Right. And yet you tell me that you love me and you say that you love your black friends and you love right. your your um, your Muslim friends or that you care for these communities, but you care for your privilege more. And it, it's one of those things where like I like everyone's like, well, are you someone actually asked me, are you willing to let politics come between you and your brother? And I said, I'm not willing to let politics come between me and my family and my family, who is my mother and who is my father? Yeah. Well, that's you know, true. That's true. Like, I'm really not willing to let yeah. politics come between me and my family, but my family is not necessarily my blood. Right. That's right, not right, what right. Jesus taught me. Right. I have said that I'm not willing to lose a single person that I love over this foolery. I just won't. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I, I can't control that all within myself. I have to do and be me and say and do the things that I am um, feeling the spirit move me to do. And mm-hmm. I have to love in the way that I feel the, the way that spirit wants me to love, which is radical, right? Mm-hmm. Which is no holds barred, which is, okay, bloody into the cross if, if necessary, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and not just for those who are faithful, but those who are not even on my side, right? So, because that's what Jesus said, follow mm-hmm. me. So I have to follow in that way. So I can't control where they go, if they will want to be where I am which I think also is what Jesus is saying. Well, if they're not in this room, I can't go out to them. I can't leave <laughs> the business of my father to go mm. father, mother, God divine to go do what they're asking of me. I have to be where I know I'm supposed to be. Exactly. And that means that I have to have a new family, then that's what I have to have. And I think 
Um, most people aren't willing to do that. And I have a lot of, com- I used to not, I used to struggle with compassion for that. And I, I've started mm-hmm. to have more compassion as I have started to have to do work in areas in my life. And I'm like, oh yeah, privilege is hard to relinquish. It's real hard. <laughs> I am, um, this is a silly story, but it, 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 it just sums no. it up. So living in Texas, Texas is a very, I've learned that regions are, there are different regions that are very privileged. So Mm -hmm. in Texas, there's the privilege of um, a snack within two feet of any place that you are. You know, you can get a snack, a really good snack at any moment. If you have money and means in Texas, like, um, we had, I was talking to my sister on the phone and I was telling, I was telling her how, oh, hold on. I have to go, I have to go um, get the groceries into the, the, the house because they just dropped them off. This was like during the pandemic. My sister works for Amazon and mm-hmm. she did not know that grocery stores were dropping off um, groceries because that's not a privilege that is awarded to her, right? And I and I was and I was still like, well, that's just my sister. Most people are mm-hmm. getting their groceries delivered, surely, surely. So um, mm-hmm. we moved to Chicago, <laughs> and Chicago mm-hmm. is like, you may have to work for that snack that you want. Like, you may have to go. You might have to take a train and go um, in a cab to get to that sushi spot that you love, right? they may not bring it to your door because you don't live in their zip code and therefore you're dead to them, right? So um, <laughs> I, I'm like, you know, we're here and I think we we're maybe three days here in town. And I was like, let me put in an order at Whole Foods. So I put in this order at Whole Foods and I tell um, Simon, we're going to go pick up the Whole Foods order. And I'm thinking I'm in Texas and that they're just going to bring it to my car and put it in and send me on my way. So I pull up and there's these two girls, one's um, Latin X and one's uh, African-American girl. And they say to me, I say to them, I roll down my window. <laughs> I say, where do I pull up for you guys to bring me out my groceries? I put in an order and they look at each other confused. And the girl goes, we don't do that. We, You have to come in and get the groceries like yeah you made the order but you got to come on in and pick them up like the rest of us and at least pick them up and she looked at me with such disgust like, she's like I have how dare you yeah. she was looking at me like oh, that something? oh it's not good enough that we've done the shopping for you Just now your highness we need to bring it out to your car you oh, can't even no. come get it. So, and she gave me the look that I know I have given to white women a million times over where I have been like, are you kidding me? Like, that's your problem? That is your struggle for today? Let me tell you about struggle. So that is the way that, so when I have these little moments <laughs> during this pandemic and also just, um, you know, just thinking about my niece, just how it was so much easier for me to um, explore and be myself and be honest about who I was. And she couldn't do that until she was dead. And so I just think about all these ways that I have been (laughs) completely, you know, um, at the teeth of whiteness too. And having to, and it's the hardest thing because that's some real good milk. So like, it's really hard to get to re- yourself. Yeah. It really is. It's really hard. Yeah. And that's and a, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm not saying that you can't have your comforts, but I think what you can't have is your expectation to be comfortable. And I think that was my problem. I had an expectation to be comfortable and I was put out that they weren't willing to meet it. Because they were like, yeah. I, I'm not going to risk my life in this COVID field air to put your your stuff in your car. That is on you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm out mm-hmm. here working. What more do you want me to do? And mm-hmm. so just that 
that expectation of comfort has lessened coming mm-hmm. out of Texas where it was easy to keep your comfort, even in the midst of a pandemic, you know? It was really yeah. easy to be comfortable. Yeah. And uh, as somebody who has gotten my groceries delivered and still does, because <laughs> at the moment, that is something that uh, I can afford to do. Right, um, right. Because right. Like, that's re- like you said, it's like, consider all the ways. Like, I love, you can, you can have your comforts, but you cannot expect to be comfortable. That's really good. Yeah. And that, I think, hold, hold on, let me look at the time because I don't want to, yeah, we're coming up on time because, oh! I want to talk to you for 14,000 years. Oh, we're going to talk more. We, I, I'm going to have to come to Georgia. That's just all there is to it. There are too many good people in Georgia. I got, I got to get to Georgia. Come on down. I just, um, with me and my mom, went in on a house together. Oh, I so, love that. That's, I, I'm going to tell my daughter that. I've been saying, hinting at things no, like this so much. No, seriously, like. So my mom, uh, not to brag on my mother, who only has a high school diploma and grew up in the South and no one believed that she could do shit. Yeah. Uh, I love my mother and I talk about her all the time, way too much. Um, (laughs) Probably. I actually went to go visit a guy recently and I realized how much I talked about my mother and I'm like, this is not okay. I need to. (laughs) I was like, yeah, my mom does. Wait, huh? (laughs) It's, uh, anyways, but she and I went in on a house together and uh, it's lovely. It's wonderful. It's got an extra bedroom. And so um, if you want to come down, bring everybody. We've got a beautiful backyard. I'm actually on my way to Lowe's because my mom sent me 200 bucks to buy like one of those industrial like restaurant style gas heaters for my back. Oh, how cool. I'm like, that's a dope. She's like, yeah, I can't ship it to you. So just go get it. Yeah. So my mom somehow wisdom like um my parents got divorced like in 2008 um on my you know my dad's choice and so my mom you know knew that one day when my dad died the alimony would stop so she took out a fifty thousand dollar loan kevin later you got to edit this out um (laughs) sorry cut it back earlier uh but my mom took out a fifteen dollar fifty thousand dollar life insurance policy on him and so when he died um two years ago she took that money and then reinvested it into her portfolio. And so, and wow. then she's like, and she's like, oh, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to invest in a house for my son in Denver. And then he's going to, and then basically they pay that, like, I'm paying the mortgage. It's just, she's got the line of credit. Wow. Uh, so by the time it's all done, um, I'm going to basically just, I'm going to buy it from her. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I told him just like, mom, do you realize that like, you're helping create generational wealth in a family that has historically been like working yes, for for the past so three cool. generations. Yeah, we have that in common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I cannot fucking believe it. It's that it's so amazing. cool. Especially because like you know like you know she married a Mexican man and had a bunch of you know white passing white passing babies and <laughs> with last name Garcia and having a great time. <laughs> Anyways, um, before we hang up. Uh, tell humans on the internet where they can connect with you and your work, support you. Yeah, how do we fund you? How do we send you money? Is that a thing that we can do? Technically, yes. Um, I I am working on a project called uh, Mockingbird History Lessons for Adults, and we're trying to get some history lessons for children, and that's a Patreon account. So that pays for the work that I do there and also pays for the ability to create and hire other creators. So if you, if, if you want to join that community, you can, and mm-hmm. that's just Mockingbird History Patreon and it should mm-hmm. pop right up. Um, cool. I, they can find me at, at Block Coffee with White Friends um, on Instagram and also at Mockingbird History, that's on Instagram. Um, I don't do Twitter. I, I'm just too sensitive don't in the world. I only have nah, you are so much. you are the pure you're the purest of souls and so lovely <laughs> and it. it's not worth your peace. I, I can't do it. So I don't do that. I don't do Facebook. Um, but you can find me. I'm very I'm very active. I think on Instagram as as active as I can be. There are days when I I have to take a break. Um, and my blog is Black Coffee of White Friends, and you can just type that in. It should come up, and there'll be a book soon. So um, Same name? Same name, as far as I know. We are 
in our, I just did my second round of revisions. So Congratulations. Yeah. The first and second round of revisions are hell, dude. Oh my gosh. Oh, 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 Kevin. Oh, oh my gosh. It was so hard. And I thought, the thing is, I, I want people to know when I say it was so hard, it was emotionally fraught and, and, and it was mm. emotionally hard. The writing itself, sitting in my kitchen, having coffee, I admit that's not hard. <laughs> like mm. that's not hard. Um, having a platform to say what you need to say, that's not hard. But um, the moments of fear and discouragement and, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like a coward or feeling that was all real. And the battling um, of my own mm-hmm. past, that was really hard. Reckoning with myself was really yeah. hard in order to, to, to get things on the page. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a process, but yeah, that should mm-hmm. be out. It's slighted for spring 2021. And I'm, I'm hoping that it happens then, but oh, you know, who knows what the pandemic, you know? Also, I believe um i believe it can do i i think it's necessary i love your voice the way that you talk is so poetic like just like even oh dang oh yeah thank you yeah yeah that's why i'm always like harding and you know so excited on your feet god can Mm -hmm. i tell you that means so much i'm such a huge admirer of yours so like to hear that is very encouraging yeah very much i uh I'd love to be real friends with you so I can be a young person one day. Um, and thank you again so much for your time. And uh, I, um, you know, when Joe Biden's president and there's a vaccine in the world, let's get together and yes. go back to cocktails, yes. okay? Definitely. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's been a joy. Baby, baby, did that speak to your soul? Because it certainly spoke to my soul. Oh, that was my conversation with the fabulous Marcy Alvis Walker, the creator, writer of Black Coffee with White Friends. You can check her out across the internet at Black Coffee with White Friends and at BlackCoffeeWithWhiteFriends.com. And be sure to look out for her book by the same name, which should be available for pre-order very soon. I am in love with you, Marcy. Thank you for being on the show with me. And um, can't wait to do more shit with you in the in the future. Thank you. You're amazing. Bless you. I uh, I hope that really um, helped you, blessed you, whatever. Like, if I really do hope that this podcast was good for you. I have been so honored um, in this past year to meet so many new people who are connecting with a tiny revolution and my work and the book. I. Uh, I can't express enough how grateful I am because I've been able to create a career out of something that I love. And it is because I've got people like you supporting me, uh, coming to the workshops, uh, uh, sharing my stuff on social media. Like you have no idea how amazing it is to be taken care of by the community. And I hope that what I'm doing here on the internet is also helpful and, um, and good for you because I pray that everything I do is, is for the collective. Um, I mean, I do it for myself because I love it, obviously, but you know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, uh, I really have so many people to thank, and among them, it's the 121 people on Patreon who steady keep me afloat with their support. So if you love this podcast and you want to be a part of a thriving community of people who are reimagining what it is to do spirituality, and you want to support this podcast, you want to support the, the videos, which I know I haven't come up with a lot of videos recently, but... We're back on track because now that Joe Biden's president, anything is possible. Oh my God. Literally though, I am just, oof. The energy has returned to my body, you guys. It's like I was dead and now I am alive because I'm not dreading. I feel a sense of hope. And I hope that that is a hope that you feel too right now. If you're exhausted, please remember to rest. Um, Sorry, I got off track. I'm trying to pitch you Patreon right now. <laughs> That's how it goes with me. 
Um, but if you liked this, if you want to contribute to it, please become a sustaining partner on Patreon. Even as little as $5 a month gets you uh, weekly videos where it's just you and me and some thoughts and some teaching from me. Um, you know, at 25 bucks a month, you can become a part of the workshop every month. Like it's really like low stakes. And I'm currently working on an annual membership. So if that is something that you are interested in, keep your eyes peeled. Not to mention there's, you know, merch, there's cute little, um, cute little things here and there. And I'm also launching a merch store on my birthday. So keep your eyes peeled for that as well, Brenda. Um, I love you. I hope you're doing good. I hope that you are taking time for yourself. So, um, as per usual, make sure you take your meds, call your person, move your body in a way that feels good, drink some water, eat something delicious. And if you can get outside, get some of that vitamin D in your skin, because guess what? You're pale. And if you're, uh, if you're someone who has a lot of melon in your skin, you're probably paler than usual and you deserve to really celebrate the beauty of what God has given you. But it's also cold outside. But anyways, go walking or something. All right, I'm done talking to you. I need to go do a few other things. If you need prayer, uh, just hit me up on Twitter. Also, yeah, the whole follow me across the internet. Please leave a review. I always forget to ask that. Leave a review for the show, five stars. It's gonna help us get it in front of more people, which is what's the goal, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, follow me across social media at the Kevin Garcia. I love you. I hope you have a good week. And until next time, uh, bye.